Welcome to The Mortgage Life, a space for down-to-earth conversations about how mortgages contribute to your life. Well, that sounds canned and maybe a little boring. What? There are so many parts to the mortgage industry and real estate finance we can explore and share with our listeners. Okay, you're right. You're right, Mindy. Our goal is to help secure our clients' financial future. I'm Pete Salamosi. I'm Mindy Bodwin. And I'm Sue Salamosi. We're your hosts. Welcome to The Mortgage Life. So, yeah. How, how do we, uh, what do you guys want to... On today's episode, my mom is here. <laughs> really? Like You're going to say that? It's my look, mom. Look, mom. I spent 10, 10 11 years calling you Deb. <laughs> you want to call me mom? Now I want to call you mom. <laughs> my mic is too loud. Or your mouth is. Yeah. This is, this is, these are all, all likely, part of the... These are all likely explanations. I mean, there's not everybody that sprains her wrist pulling up her pants. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Sprained and tore a ligament. Oh, boy. Moments like this that does a mother proud. Yeah. <laughs> there is a medical explanation for it, but I don't think that matters at this point. This will point. all be cut off, right? Yes. Maybe. Go. No, this is part of Maybe. it. Maybe. So in today's episode, I am... I, I'm trying to think of an adjective to describe how excited I am to have Deb just say that. Sounds great. Today, I'm very excited to have our fearless leader, Deb White, on the podcast today. Deb, who is also my mom. <laughs> That's going to get cut, too. Don't worry about the cuts. So I'm Just a little nervous. Talking. I think I'm sweating. Uh, I'm I like... I a little nervous. <sighs> <It's>, <laughs> and and in, in addition to being Sue's mom, she's my mother-in-law. So welcome, Deb. Thank you, I think. I'm pretty scared right now. <laughs> yes, and Deb is my senior broker. Or as Did we, we just, just learned. say the owner and not so much senior? Okay. Even though I am a senior. She's... Okay, let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> so the flow of today's episode, we thought, um, I mean, the first reason we wanted Deb to come join us on the podcast is because she owns White House Mortgages. She's taught all of us, everything that we know. Um, I've got some I've, in mortgages. In, in more, not in pulling up your pants. <laughs> <laughs> only Sue will sprain her wrist. Um, so not only is Deb the owner and my mom, she's also the current president of the Mortgage Brokers Association of British Columbia. So we thought we'd start. Um, talking about mortgage broker history and the value proposition of working with a mortgage broker. So what is a mortgage broker? Where did mortgage brokering start? And then how have you seen it evolve over your career? How long is your podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I can tell you a little bit of background. So the Mortgage Brokers Association British Columbia was founded 32 years ago, uh, 1990, by a group of brokers who could see the, the advantage of hiring a broker rather than going straight to your bank. And it actually started um, in, 19, like I said, 1990. I can't remember the month. But brokers were around prior to that. Um, but brokers actually had a stigmatism of that we were the loan sharks high interest rates, large fees, so on and so on and so on. That has, you know, fast forward 32 years, 
we're not that stigmatism anymore, right? We can actually outsource your mortgage, get you lower interest rates. There's no fee to the client anymore unless we have to place them with an alternate lender um, and we have to get paid for our work. So there's a fee there. I started mortgage brokering in 1999 and how has it evolved? Oh boy, <laughs> it has changed so much. So when I started, I actually started at a lender. So I was working with a, a private investor, so a MIC, if you if you may, so a mortgage investment corporation. And I was doing second mortgages up to 85%, 13%, charging a $2,000 fee. And that was just the norm. Because back then, you could not refinance your mortgage for over 75% of the value of your home to and include debts or anything like that, you had to do a second mortgage. Was that the same for purchases too? You had to have yes. that 25% yes. down. So back then though, if you wanted to take your mortgage over 75% loan to value, there was only four reasons you could do it. Death, marriage, school, uh, oh my, death, marriage, school, breakup. That was the only reason. So for myself, I've owned a few homes already. I can still go out buy a home today with 5% down. 23 years ago, you had to have 25% down, right? Even if you'd owned a home before, okay? So now it's changed. They also changed it, oh, I would say uh, 15, 16 years ago, um, that you needed 20% down. And in 2008, there was 40-year amortizations around 100% financing, to be honest with you, I'm thankful that didn't last. Yeah. Well, because that was when that I was, started. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is people started to freak out because you're getting away from the 40-year amortization. So the payments, they're like, ah, the payments are going to go high. Well, in 2008, five-year fixed rates were 5.75 at 40-year amortization. Well, now 25-year amortization with an interest rate of under 3%, Payments are actually lower. Yeah. So it's all in the schematics and how you look at things. For that sure. was probably a long answer for that what you perfect. wanted. No, I think it's great. And when I started, I can't, 2009, one of the first mortgages I did was uh, 5% down, but the lender financed the 5% down. Yes. So it was 100% financing mortgage. And uh, yeah, it, it, it existed. The cashback mortgages. Absolutely. Yeah, and those are rare. Yeah. Shortly thereafter, um, that policy changed, but yes. <laughs> I did do one of those. It well, really... if you think about it though, you have, you'd have a purchase of 400,000 and your mortgage registered on your title was 420. And then in 2009, um, well actually 2007 was the start of the crash. People think it was 2008, but it was 2007. Recovery was 2009. But there was people who were, wanted to refinance if they purchased at four hundred, but their value of their home was only three sixty, so they were upside down. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you're saying that mortgage brokering has evolved as the regulatory environment has involved evolved. It's basically started out with uh, an alternative to having purely to go to the bank, and then from there, there was a lot of ability to to find. Um, a niche that didn't necessarily exist within those banks. And then from there, as rules changed, brokers evolved and have really come into a space that can deal with prime lending, alternative lending, and, and uh, private lending. Yes, actually, very much so. And also, like with the banks... 
the banks used to have people that would sit in their cubicles. They would be a customer service person and they did mortgages and everything. Well, the banks now have turned and they've put in mortgage specialists. Notice I didn't say mortgage brokers. They have mortgage specialists because as mortgage brokers, we have to retrain ourselves every two years, take our course every two years and get registered every two years where the banks, they're all under one umbrella. So the mortgage specialist working for uh, any bank, say, yes. is specifically trained to that bank's to culture that bank and, and policies. Yeah. So for us as mortgage brokers, we have to know the policies of all the banks. But just today, um, before I came here, I got a referral from a bank because they can't do it. And they know that we have all the alternatives and I can. And I, and I think that comes back to um, a word that you mentioned and a word that um, Pete has brought up as well is the word niche. When I first started, one of the first things, one of the first pieces of advice that I got from you was to establish a niche for myself. But your niche, when I started, I think what at the time, and I'm sure that's evolved, but your niche at the time was being able to find financing for people who thought they could, that couldn't get it done. No, that's still, still my same. niche. Yeah, yeah, that's still my niche. I look, I think because I started with a lender and previous to being a mortgage broker, I wasn't trained by a brain, a brink, a bank. <laughs> um, so I don't have that stigmatism. I don't have the training of the bank. And so I look outside the box um, and I will find a different way. Um, plus, as Peter has said, I am a very good read of people. So I can, you know, feel the sympathy for a lot of people and, and, you know, help them. So I am still that niche. So are you saying that in order to be a, a broker, maybe you have to be a bit of a psychologist too? I think there's an element. Have you that. not seen the plaques on my wall? <laughs> Mom, Nana, psychologist, yeah. broker. <laughs> Marriage counselor. Uh, all the things. Yes, lawyer, reading all the legal documents. Yes. Tax appraiser. Brokers kind of need to be a jack of all trades. Or a Jill. Or a Jill of all trades. Jack and Jill went up the hill. <laughs> if we could to summarize. To find a mortgage. <laughs> if there was like sort of a, a overarching idea of like the main value proposition that a mortgage broker would have. Like what, what would that be in, in your opinion? Um, it's hard to put it into words, but the first thing that pops into mind is clients first. Yeah. Clients Absolutely. first. Yeah. And you know what? Like just because Aunt Martha has a mortgage with TD Bank at, you know, 6%, that doesn't mean that Bob and Cindy need that same mortgage. You know, we're going to overlook the entire financial portfolio and see where can we fit them? Where is the best way? Whereas unfortunately with some banks, they punch the numbers in and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, and I had a, a client come in and say to me, I want a 13 year amortization and she's unfortunately having to pay out a spouse. And I said, well, it doesn't work because you need to go to 30 year amortization, but then we can increase the payments well, the bank hadn't given her that option. So she's making the larger payments, but it's registered that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let's chat a little bit about the Mortgage Brokers Association. Um, I think it's an important piece. And that was one of the first places that you sent me to get myself registered when I became a mortgage broker, because it's important to have a network of peers. Mm -hmm. um, so as the industry becomes more and more defined, regulations change constantly. Mm -hmm. um, 
how does CMBABC help? And, and can you talk a little bit about licensing and, sure. and those regulations? So it's funny, like I was a director on the board um, in 2013, um, and I left after a few years because it wasn't the right time being for me. And now with all the changes and, and regulations coming up, I thought, you know what, it's the time for me to get back on the board and make a difference because I'm a huge I'm a, I'm a vola, volunteeraholic. Yes, and and <laughs> so, an advocate. I like, I like yeah, where you were going with volaholic. Yeah, volunteeraholic. <laughs> Vol- volunteeraholic. <laughs> any rate, um, so it was the time for me to get back on the board. And then I was so honored that I was nominated and elected as president. And it's the first time in the 32-year history that we have an all-woman executive so vice wow. president, Yay. secretary, and treasurer are all women. <laughs> There's five women on the board and six men, so it's fantastic. And it's, it's funny because when people think of CMBABC, they think of the networking events and the conference and let's go party and let's have fun. But you don't know everything we're doing behind the scenes. We're in constant discussions with BCFSA, you know, especially over this new registration for the brokers themselves on how we can make it better. Um, so the dialogue there is really good. Uh, we're always trying to advocate on behalf of the brokers. Um, and that had gone away for a little bit. And now our new board, we're bringing it back in. Um, we're trying to, you know, trying to get the voice of the brokers to us. Okay, what is it you want? So our, our mandate is we want more education for those newer brokers um, because we just don't want to hand them a briefcase. Yes, that's how old I am and send them on their way, yeah. right? Um, we want to give them the tools. How do you process this deal? How do you do this deal? How do you, like, how do I get a deal? And once I get a deal, what do I do? So those are a lot of things that we're doing. And then even for us old seasons brokers, we are having classes because you know what we can learn new tricks too and making sure we're kept up to date and that's all things we're trying to bring back in i think that speaks a lot to the culture that you have cultivated even at our office um just how important it is to to educate and be on the same page and continue um improving the work that you do well my uh and my mantra is kind of like, you know, you planted the garden. You just can't sit back and watch it grow because unless you water it, it's not going to grow. So you've got to keep up on it. You've got to keep your knowledge up. You've got to keep education. Because, I mean, I'm a senior broker, right, Mindy? <laughs> and uh, I am always taking education courses. Um, there was one I wanted to take uh, that came out regarding fraud because there are so many ways that you can, I'm learning this, but I wasn't able to take it. So I'm hoping to take it in a few weeks as well. So taking that, that uh, view that you've kind of started to implement within the, the association <clears throat> and how brokers are starting to, to kind of see that and be affected by the various bits and pieces, how would our listener, who is a mortgage client, how would they feel those various bits and pieces coming through to them? Well, you know, when one of our brokers or any broker is sitting in front of them, they're going to realize that, oh my gosh, this person is taking care of me and they've been educated and they're going to look at all avenues possible. And well, if they can't get it done, well, then I guess nobody can. It's building that trust. Building a huge trust. 
you know, and it's, uh, at first I was against putting plaques up and awards up on my wall, but now I realize the value of that because when clients come into the office, <laughs> pre-pandemic, <laughs> and, you know, they're starting to come back in again yeah. now, yay, real life people, <laughs> but um, they are seeing the awards on the wall and they're like, holy crap, you know, yes, I trust and believe in this person. And that's, that's what you've got to do. Translates to how to best serve our clients. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, that training piece that you talked about, I think is, is really key. Uh, as a new broker, you do a course and you learn how to do all the calculations and you learn the theory and the legalese behind it. But as far as actually looking at a person and translating that into a mortgage, that's sort of that missing piece that you don't yes. learn when you become a mortgage broker. And that's where the training comes into play. 100%. Or being your assistant for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also, you know, like when a broker has joined our office, like yourself, Mindy, mm -hmm. you subbed for my assistant mm -hmm. and, you know, just learning from someone and being hands-on. You know, when we brought on a broker a couple of years ago, um, she was with another firm and had been there a couple of years or a couple of months, pardon me, and hadn't even seen a credit bureau or hadn't even looked at a deal. Well, I threw her in and I had some clients that came in that were longtime clients of mine. Mm -hmm. So I said, would you mind if she presented it? So I just sat her down. I said, pretend I am your client. Yeah. And that, that taught her huge. I like how you said threw her in. I in did. mortgage brokering, there's a deep end and then there's a deep end. <laughs> Where's the shallow end? There, there's, there's no, no shallow, shallow end. No. <laughs> you got to learn to no. swim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Learn to swim. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be there to catch you, but swim. <laughs> see how well you do <laughs> but that's the culture that that you've created yes. for your brokers at white house yes. and maybe can you take a second to talk about white house when you started it and your vision and um, <laughs> how that's come to the to the culture and the humans that we work with now so i mean it was how far back do you want me to go so right to the beginning i I mean, I was your assistant at another mortgage broker office. Yeah. I was 16 and needed something to do. And I, you're like, send faxes for me. Yeah, faxes. Remember 16? those? How, oh, many, um, how many pages were those faxes? Oh, my God. So well, you had to actually, when you got the fax, you had to go photocopy it because it was on Mylar paper and it would fade. God, I just aged or myself. If you, yeah. if you put your coffee on it, it would turn black. black. Yeah, <laughs> it oh would. Gosh. So, okay. So I got a uh, job with a private lender in 1999. And then um, I was, that was in Kelowna, so I was driving back and forth. And then uh, one of my children was in a near-fatal car accident or crash, pardon me. And so I had to stop working and be with them. And so I hung my license here in Vernon with a, a lender and had to quickly learn the A business. Um, and I did that. And I quickly, you know, called realtors, made a name for myself, made partners, and just was me, um, not trying to put on a facade. Uh, I didn't change my personality. I, I was me. And so the way I talk to my clients is the way I talk to my brokers. Um, well, no, my brokers, I use a few more foul language, but not <laughs> so much as my clients, <laughs> explicits. Um, and so I, I just I kept it real. I just made sure it was just me and my business started to grow. Um, and Sue said, yes, she was in the office helping me uh, do faxes and such. And then 
you know, she went on to college and then I hired a full-time assistant and my business grew because that freed up more of my time. Um, and then an office that I was in, uh, and now I was a single mom, I got, uh, married and I was in the office and I overheard them, let's say, saying things that I did not agree with that weren't on the up and up. Um, (laughs) So I went to the managing broker and I said, this is what I heard. And he said, no, no, Deb, you did not. And I went, oh my God, you're in on it. Uh-oh. So here's my 60 days notice. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So I went home to my brand new husband and I said, hi, honey, I quit. And he goes, thank God. Oh. <laughs> so we had no idea what I, we were going to do. Um, we quickly started looking for places and keep in mind, we had very little money in the bank, very little. And we found a location and I found, um, a broker house that would help me. So like the super broker. And when I started, it was the mortgage group. And so we were the white house mortgages, the mortgage group, and I opened the doors. So I gave my notice October 15th of 2004 and we opened the doors of White House January seventh of two thousand and five. Holy, that's, yeah, that's it was pretty fast. it was quick because I fast. I needed I needed to get out right. of there right because I gave them my sixty days, and then it was me and an assistant and we plugged in the phone and I'll I'll never forget that because I'm calling the Telus lady to get our phones hooked up, and she goes okay well what's the address I'm giving her the address of my rental. And she goes, well, I can't find it in the system. So I went back to where the, the plugs used to, you know, to plug the phones in. And I said, well, there's some writing on here. Let me get my glasses. And I just burst out laughing because I'll never forget it because it was the previous home of a well-hung framing. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's how we started. Um, and uh, it was me and an assistant plugged in the phones and hoping they were ring. And then they rang and rang and rang and rang. And then we had to hire a receptionist. And then brokers started to call me and ask to join. Um, and then in 2007, um, we ended up changing super brokers and we joined Dominion Lending, who we've been since 2007, so 14 years, almost 15 years. And we continued to grow and grow and grow. And um, in 2009, I'm like, I I can't do this. What do I want to do? Do I want to broker or do I want to manage the office? And that's when I decided that my passion is brokering. So I decided to hire a general manager. So in comes Peter. That's me. <laughs> well, I fought it for so, about a year. Yeah, yeah he, he did. did. He did. Oh, he I did. I've never he, heard this story before. Oh, well, he wasn't <laughs> sure how it would be working with family. Fair enough, yeah. You know, because uh, he and Sue had only been together since 2007. Um, and then when he could see the the atmosphere and how business is business and family is family, it it worked very well. And it has over the past, yeah, you know, 13 absolutely. years. Yeah. Well, and I think that comes back to that co- the question of culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the brokers kept on phoning to, to join. Um, now, have I taken every broker? No, I haven't. And why? Because they didn't fit the family and they didn't fit our, my values. And, uh, it's yeah. an important aspect of, of building a team. You have to have, it's, it's yeah. a huge, it's a huge aspect. Like if you ask me about any of the brokers that are with white house, 
I can tell you about them, what their names are, what their spouse's names are, how many kids they have, you know, that kind of thing, and what their work ethics are. Um, because if their work ethics aren't the same as mine, out they go, kind of thing, you know. But I've got to maintain the value. <laughs> Sorry, Sue, I didn't mean She's it. talking Anna about said. work ethic. I mean, this is a lady who will work 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., I don't know that we can all match I do, that. I can't. Maybe combined. <laughs> She's a superwoman right now. Ethic is different than being an overachiever. Right. <laughs> right. I think it, being an overachiever maybe drives your work ethic a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> you know, but... You the, pass it down. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And it's so funny because I am an overachiever, but people think that that translates into competitive. Right. And it's not... I, I, you're competing I, against, against yourself. Keep yeah. moving forward, right? Yeah, I'm yep. competing against myself. No, like, no languishing about. It's no. just you keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Yeah. Work-life balance, culture, yeah. being human. Yeah. Trust. <laughs> yeah, trust. This is The Mortgage Life. We look forward to continuing the conversation. So come back and listen. 